LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and today I'm here with Chandler Vinoy. Hey, hey. And uh, I feel like at this point I need to uh, remind our listeners that, that Chandler has... He has many roles, especially as of late. <laughs> um, but uh, he's brand manager for Lifeway Leadership and also Lifeway Generosity. And uh, we happen to have his uh, other boss on the podcast today, Todd McMitchin. So you have two Todds in your life. Um, so this could be confusing as well. We're hey, really life, life is confusing. Life is confusing when it's two of your bosses are both named Todd. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and whenever Todd and I are in department meetings, it gets real crazy. <laughs> it does. <laughs> well, we're joined. We're we are joined by Todd McMitchin, who is the director of Generosity by Lifeway, and we have brought him on the podcast today um, to talk talk to us about the situation that churches are finding themselves in right now, and the questions that they're asking. And we're going to cover topics such as even what do I say this Sunday. What do I do if my giving starts tanking? How do I get people to, to give online? And all of these type of questions. So, Todd, can you just share a little bit of what the past 72 hours has looked like for our team and how we're helping churches just a little bit during the season? Well, uh, you know, thank you guys for letting me be on and asking me. And so glad I had time to do this. It has been crazy to say, to say the least. And uh, I mean, h- hundreds, I can't, hundreds of churches are now being onboarded right now. And we've done that in less than 48 hours. It is crazy what's out there, but we're so grateful to be serving folks. And, um, and man, we've been on Facebook Live doing multiple streams just because so many questions pastors are asking. We're just sending them all to the Facebook Live group. And I've been doing, I did multiple live sessions this week, just helping them all get ready. So it's been, got to be on your toes for sure. I mean, these are times that we are still trying to figure out. I mean, even the three of us are uh, no, LifeWay's working uh, from home as many others are, as many churches and church leaders are jumping on conference calls, trying to figure out what that looks like. And we're recording it the same way. So these are times that we're all just trying to figure out how to get through. So we just hope to be helpful today and answer a few questions that you're probably asking right now. Yeah, I can't wait for social media to start populating all the Zoom pictures of what's actually going on in the room behind you while you're doing work at home. <laughs> That's what I'm really excited to see. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, let me get into our, our first question, which is a, it's a pretty general one, but it's the one I bet you're getting asked the most. What do I say on Sunday? Yeah, so that that question actually is probably the number one right now that I am being asked. And so we probably need to, what I'm encouraging pastors to do is, is back up because they, they want to run toward the offering moment and they, and they don't even know what to say confidently when they get there. And so you have to realize you're leading a whole person right now. And that whole person has gone through a reactionary phase and now we're into a response phase multiple times a day, the world is changing on them, right? I mean, it seems like forever ago it was last Friday when we just started to hear a little words about COVID. And then you would watch on Facebook, you know, a pastor would go live maybe three times in a day. And every time the plan changed, right? Because we just didn't know what we were doing. And the whole world has changed. And so 
we have to first address that and help them settle down because if we don't help them settle down, they're not going to hear what we need them to hear when we get there. And so the pastors, I think have been doing a great job when I'm tracking them on social media in terms of providing comfort and speaking to fear and anxiety, which is the reactions that we've had. But now pastors, we need to lead, we need to lead with some security about the future. And I've actually encouraged them to um, begin to, to turn the church towards what the church has always done. So if the church has pre-existing vision language, um, if it doesn't, the church has always done five things. We've worshiped, we've done connect, we've served, we've given, and we've reached. And so now we've got to, we've got to bring the church down to that anchoring point, help them understand we have a mission. God is still on the throne. The kingdom is at work and, and help us start to settle in to this new world, but also see the mission of, of the church and then make Sunday as normal as it can be in terms of the normal worship agenda, then you're going to have to settle in at the offering and say a few more things than you would normally would. Well, let's, let's bring people to that point in the service. Um, you know, when it's coming to time to, to talk about the offering in particular, this instance where, you know, people are, you're right. They do have anxiety. They are starting to do the math about their jobs. And now pastors are starting to do the math because those that didn't have a, uh, a service last Sunday checked out their giving. And some of them had online giving and some of them didn't. But but both of them now are are probably grasping for what do I say at this particular part of the service? Yeah. So a couple of things. Um just, just continue to remember you're leading a whole person now. And if you say something at the wrong time in the wrong way, you're going to blow the ask. And once you blow it, you don't get a second do over. So I, I think you got to hold back on all your urgency to get that offering up fast. Cause I, I don't think that's going to work. I would do this first. I would lead with a, a generosity story of how someone in your church or your church is living generously right now in this. And it doesn't have to be a big story, right? It could be you helped a neighbor. It could be your church resourced uh, a ministry in town or helped a family. It doesn't even have to do with money, but we have to show that the church is living generously in hard times and tie that to the offering that pre-exists there in the church because these people have been giving, you know, they, they aren't giving to keep the lights on anyway. I mean, it's motivating to the pastor to pay the bills, but people give to make a difference and leave a legacy. So I think you start by cheering them on, letting them know that their generosity is making a difference because they gave in the past. We were prepared and we and we were able to do that. So I think that's really, really important. I think number two, I think it's I, th I think if, if you can give a positive word about your finances, that would be good to do. If you can say we are debt free and we're OK, if you can say we have four months in cash reserves, we're OK. If you can say those kinds of things, obviously, it's really good. If you can't say that, then I, I would avoid saying anything negative right here. Um, you know, there will probably be a day when we have to be super, super honest. But if we can avoid it the first day out, I think it's good. And then you're going to, have to focus in on the third thing, which is, all right, now, how do we how do we take the offering up now? How do we do it now? And, um, and that's, that's where you get to just settle in and spend some time on that. So is that, you know, if I'm thinking about hosting my service online this week, you know, a lot of churches went ahead, did that last week. 
some churches are, are uh, blessed enough to have, you know, dedicated staff or part-time staff or contractors that do that. And a lot of churches just end up going, you know, live on Facebook. And that's, I think that's a totally viable option. Uh, and in fact, if you don't have that, if you don't already have a service in place, that's one of the key things I think you should, you should consider. But when they get to that offertory part of the service, you know, I'm, I'm already saying offertory, uh, <laughs> because <laughs> I'm thinking about, you know, growing up and, and there's a hymn in place and there is a dedicated time in that service to honor and glorify God with my giving and, and worship to him. And so how would you say handling that part? Do they go ahead and, and play an offertory hymn uh, after they explain, you know, what to do? Yeah. So I think, um, I think you have to model your service as much as you can, because that just helps lead the whole person and gives them a sense of security. Um, playing videos, you know, depending on your format virtually can be really, really tough, you know, um, during, during that time. But I, I think if you, if you're able to simulate how someone could give online and show them share a couple of screens, I think that would be completely, completely appropriate. There's, there's some things that you can say, one, if someone is an online recurring giver, you can just thank them, right? Cause they're rock solid and thank them. But you have, do you have two other groups of givers that aren't people who occasionally give digitally and then people who don't give at all? Because life is so challenging right now and there's so many distractions, giving to the church is the last thing on their mind, the last thing on their mind. So you're really in danger of losing two thirds of your givers right here. You only have security in, um, in, in those that already have recurring giving set up. So I know we asked the question, what do I say Sunday? And I think the new reality is, is that your service could last throughout the week. I mean, we're, we're still trying to figure out what this looks like for this, hopefully this season, however long this may be. So what would you say, Todd, about throughout the week? How can you not just communicate this on Sunday, but how can you continue to push your people to, to the mission of the church, but also to see the giving aspect uh, throughout the week. Yeah. So I think if you have, if you have your service on Sunday and you re-anchor everybody in some of that vision language, that is helpful. So when you go through the week, you now have reestablished some, some things the church always does that you can come back to, you know, most pastors are, they're very verbal people. And so they can share a lot of words and a variety of words and all mean the same thing, but to a listener, it is very confusing. So it's so important to stick to your message. And so on Sunday, when you refer to the offering, what you really want to do is only talk about one way to give. One digital way to give. It needs to be super, super easy. And just because you have digital giving, I think you have to be mindful that if you have an occasional digital giver and a whole bunch of other people who aren't digital givers, they're telling you there's something about that experience that isn't enjoyable, fun, easy, convenient, safe for them. So don't assume that your current experience is going to help you right here. You may have to create an entirely different kind of giving experience. Then once you reestablish that giving is one of the five things that we do when it comes during the week, there's really lots of things that you can talk about in terms of how to help people give. 
And you, you see to lay that out because we are in a season now that's going to go on for a few weeks. You don't have to say everything day one. Let's just get someone to give once and have a great, enjoyable experience. That way we know we can get a second time. And then I've just said, be creative, right? I mean, restaurants are shutting down, but they're still serving food. So, I mean, you know, there are lots of ways that you'll be able to take up an offering uh, during the week. Well, That's good. That's talk good. about talk about for a moment. I know there's a, a reason why, you know, you're the director of Lifeway Generosity and not Lifeway Giving. Um, talk about how uh, people in churches can live a generous life, uh, and and pastors can lead pastors and church leaders can can lead their church to live a, a generous life during this time. Yeah, there's my two favorite Bible stories related to that. Todd are one, the very first story in the Bible we have of a mom and a dad and two kids is Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. And their very first story of the very first family, the very first thing they did together that we know of was they brought an offering to the Lord. So the offering is more important to a human being's faith than it is to the church's budget. And the church tends to lead with a church-focused approach on generosity because we need our budgets funded. And that limits generosity. It's, it's, it, it limits it. When we can learn to think like a giver thinks and how people want to live generously. I mean, the simplest thing is just think of how enjoyable it is to give a gift to your kid or your grandkid. I mean, we love giving outside the church, but when we get inside the church, it, it becomes a painful conversation oftentimes. So look, even that, that Cain and Abel story, um, people automatically just run right at Cain and it was a failure. Well, there's all kinds of grace in that story because God comes to Cain and just ask him, why is your face downcast? Like God didn't throw him out because he, he didn't get it right. He gave him a second chance at it. Cain chose not to take a second chance. So there's so much in that one story about how important generosity is to a person, a family. And we don't get it right all the time. God gives us grace. It's something that we have to keep at. So when we can think like that, it helps us see our people differently. They need to give this Sunday for their self. They need to feel that sense of connection and purpose and mission. It's for them. It's more for them than it is for you. Mm. That's a good way to put it. And just a helpful reminder to, to point people back to during this crazy time. Well, I, I, like we just said, I, this is scary times. Not only, you know, people are not, the first thing on their mind is not always giving to the church. They're trying to figure out their own finances. And when that comes to be, when their gifts start going away, we are probably asking the question, what do I do if my giving starts to tank? What if the, the gifts stop coming in? What are we supposed to do? So Ty, what would you tell to the pastor who's wrestling with that in their mind right now? Yeah. So on Monday, you know, we had the weekend and it was just crazy. We woke up Monday and I immediately knew that pastors weren't thinking about this yet that we had to get ready for what was coming and the church is going to have lower resources and it's going to have an increased benevolence need. I mean, you're going to have both things happen at the same time. Hmm. So I went on Facebook live on Monday in our group and I said, look, let me just give you some advice right now on how to get ahead of this. Cause giving is not going to be what it always is. You have to right now cut every single non-essential expense, every single non-essential 
essential expense. You don't know how long this is going to last or where it's going to lead. Start getting prepared now, even if you're okay. And look, I would, you know, interest rates are low. See if you can renegotiate your loans, even get some, some passes on some of your bills, delay some contracts that you have, whatever it takes to free up as much money as possible right now. You're not going to hurt yourself by doing that. Um, behind the scenes and even have some plans that would just say, this is where we, this is the easiest decision to make. And obviously you have some opportunities there to make harder decisions when it happens. And so that's, that's very real. I think on the other side of it is you have people right now who are ready to give above and beyond dollars. And we need to know exactly what we need to be asking for, uh, because those folks are ready. Not, not everyone is worried about losing their employment. Some people are ready to step up and do something. And so to have a very clear ask prepared, that is targeted towards your best givers so that you're starting to get some above and beyond resources in the tank and, and starting a channel of, of communication for future is going to, is going to help you on that. How do I, how do I as a pastor identify what those things are? Like, how do I make sure that, they, that whatever, I mean, I assume it's coming with an element of vision, but how do I make that uh, clear and compelling? Yeah. So um, I don't think you want to start personally. I don't think you want to start a COVID designated account because the minute you get money designated like that, that's the only thing you can use it for and you might not need all of it. So I would, if you, if you don't have a pre-built designated account for vision, just vision items. And there are several things that people like to give above and beyond dollars to all the time. They like to give it to next generation ministries. They like to give it to capital. They like to give it to local outreach. They like to give it to national outreach. They love to give it to globally. All things the church does on a regular basis, but they want to do more in those areas. So I personally would establish setting up a vision account with, you know, kingdom impact, whatever you want to call it, and put a few of those type items in it so that you can use it now in a COVID response, but you can also have it in more long-term. So right, right now, I think one of the biggest things I've encouraged churches to do, pretty medium and large churches is call as many small churches and church plants as you can. Like we can't lose a church. And, and the biggest ministry might be in this season, another church down the street that you need to lock arms with. And so just to think about how you could set up, you know, a local outreach or national outreach that you could use to help COVID churches now, but you still had that money for the future in case you didn't use it all, you know, would be a great opportunity. And that's part of the getting creative, trying to think outside the box. I, I like how you put that. Yeah. And there's, I think is, is really interesting right now too, especially for, I mean, people from all different kinds of backgrounds listen to this podcast. Um, you know, we have partners in Australia. We're really uh, great partners with the Anglican Church there. But, you know, I come from a Baptist background. And I know since the Reformation, Baptists have primarily run on cash. And so what that means is, you know, there's not, you have two things. We've run on cash and we believe in the autonomy of the local church, which means there's not usually a whole lot of people that, uh, have an, an endowment to back them up, you know, through a hard time like this. So I, I think going ahead and being wise and, and really paying attention to what Todd has just said in the way that you structure that account is 
is really important and that you learn a lesson from this and, you know, you have some provision for the future. Um, so I just wanted to throw in, uh, those two cents right there. Yeah. I, I, there, there are so many opportunities, you know, that this is going to teach the church, um, about how we manage our resources because every, every, you know, God's vision should be resourced. He doesn't give us a vision that can't be resourced. That's not how he works. Uh, but we do tend to spend every penny he gives us. We do tend to, um, raise the budget every single year and just keep spending money in areas without really evaluating whether or not they have power or impact as they used to have. And we multiply layer, 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 which ends up spending a whole lot of our resources. So I think, I think one of the things that this COVID is going to help us do is if we use it wisely, you know, shorter or longer is to, is to really get some, better practices going in terms of what we invest God's resources into and how we are more prepared for the future. Well, okay. So I'm thinking, you know, for a lot of listeners, uh, some have been averse to having an online giving platform, or if they did, it was kind of a second thought uh, because, you know, that, I mean, I've actually had people tell me, you know, there's something about, you know, doing that physically and in person. And even if it's, you know, writing a check and putting in the plate, there's, there's just something about that versus, you know, having it automatically withdrawn or, um, or, you know, putting in my credit card. So how do, how do we help people give online? How, How do we help them understand that giving online is, still that same act, although it's a different experience. And, and how do we help them um, have a good experience doing so? Yeah, there's there's two things that we've commonly heard prior to Monday was what you just expressed was we want that. We believe it's a holy theological moment to do that physically. And then the other one was we hate credit card fees. We don't want money taken out of the offering. Oh, right. right. So, well, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's amazing that we're not hearing that this week. You know, that's not, that's not what, that's not what we're asking all of a sudden. Um, and look, you know, I often tell the story that I personally do not set up a recurring gift, even though I could, cause I'm super disciplined to do that. I like giving digitally when Lifeway wonderfully pays me the 15th and the 30th of every single month. I get up, have a cup of coffee, sit down in my chair. It's dark in the house. No one is up. And there's nothing better than checking my bank account on my phone and then immediately sending in my gift to my church from my phone. You want to talk about giving my first fruits first. I just did it. So I think there's a lot of power in messaging to help pastors, you know, right here. And so, Todd, if it's okay, I I want to circle back to the digital giving for just a second, can I unpack a few features that I'm getting a lot of questions about? Yeah. So, you know, you can give digitally so many different ways today, right? And churches tend to want to run right now to like text giving. And I understand, I understand that because we text all day long and it seems really easy. So if I go back to thinking about my major concern right now is not the people who are already doing recurring gifts. My major concern is all those people who aren't giving at all. 
I would just say text giving is not really the easiest way for someone to make their first gift, oftentimes, depending on your system. And even as, as massive a fan I am of, of I of I am of apps, a lot of times apps aren't the convenient way to give either just because you have one and we use them doesn't mean yours is set up to be an easy gift. Really, just to go back to having an, uh, thinking through your online giving might not be what these people really appreciate right now. A simple online form that eliminates every bit of conflict and friction that you can really needs to be what you lead with right now. And to go back to what Chandler said, how can we get creative? There's going to there's gonna be another day to talk about text and app and all those kinds of things. Don't try to throw every tool in your toolbox out at them at the very first day. Let's just get them to do one thing well, make it easy and let them have a really enjoyable experience with it. On this podcast, we equip our listeners with the absolute best resources to help their churches thrive. So if you're looking at launching a thriving church in a rented venue or perhaps a new one that you own, I would encourage you to check out the team at Portable Church. Portable Church Industries equips churches meeting in alternative venues with total solutions so that you can launch strong, be reproductive, and thrive in your community. For over 25 years, they've partnered with church planters and multi-site leaders, mastering creative, intelligent, and effective portable church solutions so that you and your team can stay focused on the thing that really matters, and that's building disciples. If you want to see what this looks like, visit portablechurch.com slash So let's ask this question. <laughs> what if there's churches listening, and I know we've seen a massive response, Todd, from churches who don't have online giving right now. So if somebody's listening and they do not have online giving, what would you share with them and how to get started? Yeah, there's lots of options that are out there. And, I, and a lot of churches just, they don't have, they don't have websites. They don't have technology people. And even if they do, they don't have time this week to be worrying about this. So what we've done at Lifeway, you know, cause we have a great partnership and a great platform. We went in and we literally have created custom giving pages for uh, hundreds of churches. All they have to do is give us uh, a little bit of basic information, church name, church logo, uh, their contact information, and we'll get their, their bank account information, you know, in a secure way. We actually set up a giving embed, just like I just described to you, that's user-friendly, has a great positive message on the top of it, you know, has actually some preset amounts. So people can just click, I want to give 25, 50, 100, all the way up to a thousand. And after today, you know, after we launch it for you, uh, then the pastor can go back in and even customize some of that language himself. But we pre-built these and we are launching them without any church's website. They just give us their name. We create a URL for them. And look, they're, they've been going live with giving within 24 hours, many of them. And, um, and so that that's important to understand. You just got to get out there and get fast and we can help provide that resource. And then we have a lot of church calling us to get the full platform because we do have um, some great features uh, related to that. And, and those features, I think, are going to come into play, Chandler, back into your creativity. You know, I was coaching yeah. some several pastors today on the phone with a major denomination 
And I said, look, there's going to be parts in the country that are hurt as bad and they're going to be looking for mission opportunities. So your church having crowdfunding pages, which Lifeway has for churches in their full platform, is going to be massive for you because there's revenue on the other side of the country looking for a mission point and somehow you guys need to connect, you know, via social media. Mm, man, that's so good. And what everything that Todd is talking about right there, if you're if you're wondering, hey, where where do I go to look for that? You can just start by going to lifewaygenerosity.com. That'll be a great starting point. Now, if you're wanting to just get started with a giving landing page, you can actually go to lifewaygenerosity.com slash coronavirus. But if you just go to the homepage, you can also find a link there. And everything that he just talked about, we are offering that at no cost. We are wanting to get as many churches set up as quickly as possible because we do know Sunday's coming. We do know that the questions that you're asking and even as as we're, we're wrestling through this with you, we're just trying to serve however we can. So really just trying to, to get that out as quickly as possible and make sure that you are prepared to be able to handle uh, these crazy times. Hey, Chandler, can we mention the Facebook Live group we do? Because I've been on there like three times this week answering these, these questions and really helping coach some folks up. Yeah, absolutely. So it, just what Todd was mentioning right there is we also have a church giving and stewardship uh, Facebook page. So if, if you want to be in a Facebook group where you can ask these questions, where Todd's going to hop on Facebook Live once a week. Right now, he's doing more than once a week. Uh, hopping on answering probably the questions that you're asking. So if you want to join that group, you can just go to facebook.com slash groups slash church giving, and you can find it there. It's simple. Just click join the group and you can, you can, uh, get on with that Facebook group. Yeah. And let me mention that some pastors, it is a closed group pastor. And so that's for your benefit. We, we don't allow anybody in there to be marketing or soliciting at all. So it does say closed, but it's going to ask you three questions. What's your name, what church you're a part of, and what, what would you like to learn? And what I've committed Chandler to this, and I've been doing multiple this week. I just tell the pastors, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pretend I'm your full-time generosity pastor. We're sitting around a staff meeting table and you're asking me, what in the world do I do now? And I'm, I'm just giving practical, down to earth, real executable advice. And uh, the beauty of it is I'm, I'm learning as I'm going because we're talking to churches all over the country and all sizes of churches. And so we're able to deliver ideas, you know, and have collaborative learning. Love it. Well, let's get to the last question here. And you've, you've referenced it a few times where... Others are, are going to be not as impacted as much as maybe some are. And there's going to be great opportunities for benevolence among your church and, and connecting people with other people as well as churches with other churches. So during this season, how should churches handle benevolence? Yeah, so, so right now, you know, you need to make sure you have benevolence policies. Let's assume you're going to be inundated and it's going to be hard to figure out. So right now, get out your benevolence policies and see if they give you some guidance. If they don't, then you're going to need to create some so you know how to handle all of these. Then uh, second thing is, you know, we talked about getting as much cash as you can set aside to be helpful. Third, start calling local agencies right now in your city and area that you can use as referrals uh, call your denomination, see what support they may be able uh, to provide, get your resources all lined up. And look, you know, there's a lot of great vendors out there right now that are making a difference. I just looked in the, in the paper today here, you know, in Birmingham, Alabama, looked in the paper, that's old. 
right? Tells you how old I am. I was actually doing it on my phone. And there's a restaurant that was shut down, you know, restaurants were shut down, but they're cooking meals for kids out of school, giving, give them away. So look, this is a time about humanity. So it it doesn't have to necessarily necessarily be a Christian nonprofit organization. There are some for-profit operations that believe in your city and they want to be, they want to be helpful. And then the last thing I would say is do reach out to other churches. We need churches to join together now and present the kingdom to folks. And it's going to take all of us to, to do what we need to do. That's so good. So, so I know we've, we've kind of walked through a good bit of questions. Todd, you know, some questions that we may have not asked that, you know, churches and pastors are wrestling with. Is there anything else that you want to share before, before we end this podcast? Yeah, I I would just say this Um, one pastor, you're doing a great job, right? I mean, who knows what's the right decision to make early on, but you're doing, you're doing a great job. People are going to second guess you. You're going to second guess yourself. You're doing a great job. If you weren't in leadership during 9-11, we've all walked through this before. The difference was when 9-11 happened, everyone went to church. Like they all came to us, right? (laughs) Getting the gospel out was not hard. They came to us. Well, this isn't that way. The gospel is going out. The kingdom is at work. God is in charge and he's not just in charge to comfort us. He's in charge because eternity is going to be changed for some people. And it's only happening in this season. And so don't underestimate that, that God's putting us all in a position to be viral. The gospel is going viral right now and just lean into it and lean into the mission and, and, and watch what God does. Well, Todd, I just want to say uh, thanks so much for for being on with us today. I know that um, that you've answered a lot of questions that uh, a lot of pastors are asking, and and thanks for making yourself available to go into uh, further questions with those guys over on Facebook as well. Um, and listeners, uh, thank you for listening. And I, I will have one more thing: that uh, web page that Chandler mentioned before that was lifeway.com. Uh, slash coronavirus that has a bunch of resources from Lifeway. So, so just like uh, Lifeway generosity is, is stepping up to the plate and, you know, providing some services for free. Um, you know, you're going to find offers from curriculum uh, offers from all over uh, the organization there in addition uh, to that. So just go there. That's like the one landing spot to find out how Lifeway overall is responding to this crisis as unprecedented in our lifetimes. Uh, So thank you so much for listening. Yep. So for those listening, if you want to check out those resources, it's lifeway.com slash coronavirus, and you'll find everything that Lifeway is sharing with churches during this time. So once again, that's lifeway.com slash coronavirus. And we just want to serve you all well. And if you want to reach out to Todd's Todd and our team, you can reach out to Lifeway Generosity at lifeway.com. Of course, you can reach us at our website, however we can serve you. See you next week. Thank you.